am Larry Nissen, Chair of the IOMS Foundation, and I'd like to welcome you to this section of the IOMS Foundation podcast, celebrating the Foundation's 25th anniversary, which will spotlight Foundation donors at different stages of their careers. We are honored to have the moderators for this section, Dr. Nabil Salmon, IOMS Past President, and the person instrumental in developing the Foundation Fellowship Programs, and Dr. Richard Burton, longtime supporter of the IAOMS and the Foundation. Our guests for this donor section represent surgeons from around the world who continue to make a difference in the IOMS educational programs with their ongoing commitment to the Foundation. Dr. Ann Collins of Australia and Dr. Kishore Nayak of India, also an IOMS past president, will represent long-term donors and Juju Sutikno of Indonesia and Dr. Andrew Reed Fuller of the US will represent our next gen donors. Enough with the preliminaries. I will now turn this section over to the moderators, Dr. Burton. Thank you, Larry. Dr. Collins, through your career and being a supporter of the IOMS and the foundation, what has drawn you to the organization and what do you feel uh, you have gained from your participation? Well, I think education uh, is, as uh, Mandela would say, is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. I was very grateful for the education that I received here in Sydney in my training here and then my progression into the college um, association and the natural progression to being involved in the international um, arena. And coming from what I always consider an international background, I have parents that were born and brought up at opposite ends of the world. It always seemed natural to me to involve um, everyone. Uh, I think that it's, the involvement has been that you can provide um, teaching um, uh, and do surgical missions, but there's also the necessity for those of us who are in the privileged position to be able to support the foundation financially. Um, and having witnessed the work that's taken place over the last 25 years, the way in which the number of people have applied for applications uh, for uh, from for fellowships from all around the world. Um, is has been has been amazing, and um, I've been involved in missions in uh, Ladakh, uh, Cebu, uh, and Fiji, um, and I've enjoyed that very much indeed. And I think it's the diversity of the people you meet, the way everyone is included, and the fact that you all belong to the association and the ability to hold everyone together within education and the international foundation to me is extremely important. And lastly. Um, my partner, Jeff McKellar, was passionate about education, and it's been a wonderful way to be able to remember him in donating to the foundation. He would have um, um, liked it very much indeed. Dr. Nayak, what would be your comments related to that? Um, having grown up within the IOMS, I think, you know, it's very cliche to say, you know, you always want to give back to the profession. But having seen what the foundation has done and is currently doing, I could think of no better way. Um, then to contribute to the foundation. Yes, we do contribute locally at our own levels within our own regions and countries. But what I realized was that when you contributed to the foundation, just as you see Indra Devi and Dr. Andrew there, you, know, you benefit the profession really at large all over the world. And for me, that has been gratifying. And I know that this process of spreading education, spreading training has been you know, based on a fair and equitable process. And I think what we do now 
will not only pay dividends for these youngsters who gain, but I think they will further advance this profession, and I think it will touch the lives of many more people, patients, other surgeons. And I see that as a real way of contributing to the advancement of the specialty. Yeah, I would agree very much with you, um, Dr. Nayak, and the fact that in my involvement with it as well, and one of the reasons that I have, have supported the foundation and the association is seeing the value of the programs um, that I've been had the privilege to attend. And as you said, as, as we go through our careers, we learn the value of education, and we know that education cannot occur without support uh, to make it go forward. And I think one of the most important lessons I've learned through my academic career is that we move forward by individuals and certainly groups and in our individual and home areas. But if we really want to advance the profession, we move forward as a group. And I think that by supporting the foundation and the association, we're really helping to advance um, our careers, our profession, and particularly the younger people who gain from the educational uh, programs we put forth, and particularly the fellowships. How do you feel that the that the IOMS and the foundation as a component of that um, relates uh, to the specialty overall and its in its position? Uh, and advancing educational standards throughout the world. Dr. Nayak? I mean, I view that very broadly in the sense, you know, I think you just can't tie it just down to the foundation alone. Um, I think education, apart from the fellowships that we are doing, um, is also related to the various uh, online trading sessions and uh, the podcast. And unfortunately, we have not been able to do you know, events like the ICOMs. But I think education from the IOMS per se is very broad-based. Um, but the foundation in particular, like I alluded to earlier, I think has pe taken people across borders and the exposure that they get throughout, you know, working with surgeons from other countries, other cultures, um, I think that, that really broadens the scope of how they practice the specialty and perhaps a greater understanding of how to deal with people. I think you have to remember that the scope of oral maxillofacial surgery has um, expanded hugely in the last 20 years um, so that sharing our knowledge and our surgical expertise around the world is extremely important. And the other thing is that with with visiting other places, you find out what do they actually want? What are the things that would actually help them? And that, that's really important. Sometimes you look at a place and you think this is what they need, but that, that might not be what they do need. So I think that that ability to communicate is, is, uh, has been vital. And the foundation has um, obviously achieved that with visiting um, lecturers, visiting specialists, and, and then the programs where they have allow you to be um, acquire surgical expertise in one particular area. Dr. Collins, uh, that's a very good point. How, how would you, how do you feel that the foundation's been able to grow? Um, and obviously the last uh, year and a half, we're in a, in a difficult period uh, for education, but how have you seen the, the foundation growing over the last few years as we have seen uh, the scope of the specialty expanding relatively rapidly? Well, I think I noticed that the the number of applications used to be quite small and probably limited to a few countries. But what I've noticed in the last, I suppose, five to eight years, it now involves countries from all around the world. And I think that people, I think 
each the specialists have realized that everybody has something to offer you know whether you're in Africa or Asia or South America or North America uh, there's always something um, that you can give or, um, or we can share and I think the ability to have the short-term visiting lectures or short-term um, fellowships have been have made have been very helpful because people can't always get away for up to six months to visit somewhere else I think that expansion has been important and I, I think that's probably been uh, very uh, very important a very important part of the move that the foundation made Dr. Dyack, um, why do you think it's important to continue to support the foundation uh, in these somewhat difficult times that we have now? Uh, that's a tough one to answer because, you know, lots of activities, including here in our hospitals here, have come to a standstill. And, uh, you know, if you look at, I do not know how easy it would be at these times for young surgeons to travel to other parts of the world. But nevertheless, one has to try. And I think the leadership of the fellowship uh, has been exemplary in that respect, that it has been fair, it has been equitable. And I suppose, in a way, you could say we should do more. We should recruit many more people, many more centers, and try and send them to other parts of the world. But there is always a financial limitation uh, on how we can do this. So, Yes, I think that is the primary need. We need to stimulate more people to donate into the foundation so we can extend this to younger surgeons and to perhaps more units across the world. Dr. Collins, what would be your perspective on that continuing support? Continue support. It was interesting. I just read Thomas Dodson's um, editorial in the Joms, and he said, we are leaders in our community uh, whose actions matter when it comes to promoting equality, social justice, inclusion and public health. And to some degree, what we do in education is actually living up to those ideals and making oral maxillofacial surgery uh, leaders in, in the world. And I think that's a very important part of our obligation as, um, uh, as people in the world to promote those, those, those um, principles. Uh, and I would support what Dr. Kayak said. I would agree very much with you. I think that, you know, we... We have uh, many areas that we want to address, and, and um, the, the uh, association has been a great leader and a, and a mechanism of providing uh, educational endeavors, whether on a local or uh, an international basis. But, you know, those, uh, unfortunately, those types of activities still take funding, and, and at times when, again, we can't travel internationally and can't have some of the uh, the meetings that we might like to hold, then we have to look to other venues and, the, and and podcasts and webinars to provide education. And again, those still take that continuing support. So the, the need for support doesn't disappear during uh, these types of times. Uh, Dr. Salmon, what would, uh, what would be your comments? Yes, um, thank you. I just wanted to take you back about, um, about how donating the foundation relates to the specialty. I just think that the foundation is a vehicle for our contribution to our specialty. And it's to do with, with pride in the specialty and who we represent as health workers dealing with patients. And what, what the foundation does translates your, your effort and your wish to, to contribute to enhancement of the group of the specialty, uh, and that's really, I think, it's a good way because no one knows how else to do it. We all contribute in our own clinic, in our own hospital. 
maybe in our own local society or association, but this is takes it that much further. And, and as everyone said, 20 years, 25 years ago, it looked different. And that only happened by a kind of an accumulation of all these um, efforts. And one of them is definitely uh, spreading communication that makes people know what else is, what other people are doing, what other people know, what is the the going thing, and then helping to, to make some people reach it that wouldn't otherwise. Fellowship being one example, but there are others. We mentioned already other meetings, other conferences, other efforts of the association itself. So I think that's, um, for me, that uh, I feel good that I can contribute in some way towards propelling our own specialty forward so everyone feels proud and happy with it. Of course, the patients do as well. That would be, uh, and, and, and obviously, it's a, a consequence. So that's, I just wanted to say that. Thank you. Dr. Um, Andrew, as a young surgeon, what is it that grabbed you? I mean, what was it? How did it come about that you came across this uh, entity and decided to be a positive contributor to it? Well, I, I would say that my first exposure and, and to say to IAOMS in general was as a, uh, as a senior resident um, when I had the opportunity to submit an abstract to ICOMS, which that year was in uh, Hong Kong. And naturally, as, as any trainee, uh, you're very excited at the opportunity to be able to, to travel when you're very used to staying within the confines of your of your hospital or training center so the fact that we were uh had the the chance to to travel to a, another country uh was fantastic and i think that really at least for me uh hooked me in um i think so much of what has been said before absolutely resonated with me too uh building those relationships uh getting to meet people from all different parts of the world understanding uh what the differences and similarities in terms of scope and training and everything else that was involved. And then I think, you know, through that and, and subsequently through my participation in the, the next gen group and, um, and, and coming back again to, to Rio a couple of years ago for ICOMS uh, really solidified my uh, interest and, and dedication to IAOMS in general. But I think in terms of the foundation, the really the key thing for me was, looking at the programming that the foundation does and understanding that uh, ultimately the beneficiaries of the foundation are the people from the new generation coming up. Um, I think there's a little bit of a, a misconception perhaps that uh, commitment and, and donation to a foundation is something that's uh, only for people who are more established in, in their careers but the reality is, you know, we're the ones who benefit uh, both directly through the fact that uh, it's the new surgeons who are given the chance to do the various clinical and research fellowships. And also in terms of, I think, that the excellent points that have been brought up, which is that, you know, everything that the foundation does is ultimately an investment long term in the specialty. And by developing people now, developing their skills, developing research uh, all of that is really going to pay off. It's not going to pay off tomorrow or the next day. It's going to be 20 or 30 years from now. So uh, by us making that investment, even if it's not 
necessarily a, a huge financial investment now. That's showing our dedication to ultimately wanting to see those outcomes down the line. Thank you for that great perspective. Can I ask Dr. Juju, please, um, the same question? How did it come to be that you're interested and that you've decided to to be an active part and participate in this uh, program that the fellowship is doing or has been doing? Yes, uh, this is the way that I would like to express my gratitude. And I'd like to thank IOMS for everything, because if I turn back the time, I remember how I first came uh, to IOMS as a young surgeon. We always want to explore our clinical experience and we want to jump out out of the comfort zone. And I found that IOMS facilitate me very well. And jumping out to the comfort zone, it's like it's not like a jumping in a sudden jump, but they provide a milestone to uh, establish and to provide me a good step, a good milestone to improve my clinical experience. And this time, uh, I would like to thank IOM. And I want to share my joy, my gratitude, so other young surgeons could also experience the same way, the joy that I have experienced uh, in IOM. So I think I really agree that education is right, is the right for everybody, and they have the right to have education. And I want to share this joy through the donation. That's great. Thank you. Is there, can I just push the question a little bit? Do you have any specific uh, activity of the foundation or any specific event that seemed to grab your attention, that got you this way? What, what triggered it off? Um, well, every education podcast or webinar interests me very much, but I found myself that ICOMS is like a pilgrim of knowledge for me, where I meet new people, new experts, and I learn many things from them. And that's brought me to a new new way of thinking that encouraged me to move step forward. And I, I also shared my my friends that this is awesome for us as a young surgeon to move forward. So I might say that ICOMS is just like a pilgrim of knowledge. <laughs> That's a great quote. Thank you. Uh, Andrew, is there anything you want to add to this theme? Because we, I mean, instead of asking you very specific questions, um, what, how, would you, how would you convince a young surgeon today? Because I mean, I know lots of them, former trainees and others, or even trainees at the time, um, it's very hard to get the motivation going. They just don't know um, uh, stuff that would make them really react until you and you tell them. How would you convince a um, senior resident, let's say, uh, who is involved in local and national organizations and is very busy trying to satisfy his his residency program, his hospital, uh, his private practice to come in the future? Um, how would you want? How do you get him going on this? Well, I, I think that's a great question. And I, I do have to say, first of all, I, I completely agree with what was just said, that that so much of this ultimately comes down to um, an enjoyment. And I think the word was used was joy. And I completely agree with that, that sentiment, um, that that joy and dedication to the profession. 
I mean, to, to me, I think that the tough thing is to your point that, you know, how do you convince somebody or how do you give somebody the opportunity to kind of take that first step? And I think that's really the, the toughest thing. Uh, but I think for any trainee and every trainee, honestly, who I've met, and certainly I run into them at, at every meeting I've been to, uh, says it's one of the best experiences they've had in oral and maxillofacial surgery to go to an ICOMS or some other international meeting. Um, obviously, just the experience of the travel is fantastic. But I think even more important than that is once you get there, uh, that sense of community is is really impressive uh, and, and understanding uh, that people, no matter where they are from in the world, has truly that same joy and that same dedication to the profession and furthering their education. And I think, you know, really just allowing them to understand that those opportunities are out there. And, and at the same time, really motivating uh, people who are involved in education, whether that's faculty or um, uh the staff who who trains residents at, at the various hospitals throughout the world to really encourage them to do it. Because I know that uh, at the same time, there's a lot of sacrifice involved there. And it's very easy, I think, sometimes to say, well, you know, you're a trainee now. Uh, this is something, the international trips, all that sort of thing. That's something you can get involved in 10, 15, 20 years from now, you know, once you're a little more settled and a little more established. But I think if you convince the educators as well, to encourage the residents, the trainees, et cetera, that this is a priority, that they'll embrace it. Uh, because I think that that sense of, of exploration and wanting to have those experiences is, is really critical. And I would just add one last thing, which is that I, I feel like I've met a number of, um, of people, and some of them are close friends of mine, who still, you know, to this day, say that some of the most valuable educational experiences they've had are by doing various clinical projects, activities, uh, trips, uh, fellowships overseas. And some of the key things that they've learned that they've actually been able to, to bring back and contribute to their hospital uh, and their and their clinical environment are things that they've learned elsewhere in the world. So I think that in the long term, in terms of an investment in your education, yes, obviously your home training program is critical, but I think to add something special that Maybe difficult to get, you know, where you are. Something that's new, something that other people in your community, in your in your country, uh, whatever the case may be, uh, aren't doing. You can get a lot of those experiences by participating in these fellowships and and uh, and and traveling to to learn more and further your education. Great. I'm not going to take the floor uh, any further, Dr. Burton. Uh, can I ask you, what would you like to add to all this yourself? I think that. Andrew made some really excellent points that, you know, when we need to start involving people in, in the, both the educational processes, but to see the value of the internet, of uh, the society and more particularly the foundation really needs to be uh, brought to them uh, during the training period and helping them through that transition out of that. That's where we see the fellowships and things uh, becoming of value. But I mean, you have to lay that foundation in the trainings. And uh, I, and having been personally in resident education for 32 years, uh, you can see the people that you're able to motivate uh, go out and do more. And I think that it's 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 part of our job in those uh, in in these types of positions to draw those people in and get them let them see 
what the international does. It's easy to turn in and get uh, bogged down in a practice or a hospital setting, uh, but we really need to, to broaden those out and turn things out if we're going to really get the uh, international uh, society and the foundation to be able to be as effective as they are and can be more effective uh, in the future. Certainly, it's gratifying to to see uh, our younger generation, the ones that we've worked with who were uh, younger than us, going forward and taking this up. This is what's such a pleasure to speak to Andrew and uh, Juju, uh, but also we've seen it in our own uh, groups. Uh, Kishore will tell you, Anne will tell you, I will tell you, I'm sure you will, uh, that looking at our own younger generation, our own environment, and seeing them taking it up, it's it's great. It's just wish to have more and more of that. Um, yes, Kishore. Uh, listening to Andrew and Indra Devi speak, I mean, it's taken the wind out of our sails, I must say that. They have, I think, what ambassadors for the fellowship and for our training program should be saying. I'm really gratified to hear both of you because obviously you've benefited from it and there can be no better example of what the foundation can do than listening to people like yourself. Um, I think, you know, people like you are the investment for our future. And if even if I had an iota of a doubt whether my money was going to the right place, I think all those doubts just disappear listening to people like yourselves. Andrew Indra Devi. Indra Devi is a very beautiful name, means a lot in India, you know, a very profound and a sacred name in India. But um, really lovely listening to both of you. And I think it's people like yourselves, like I said, who will carry the message of the foundation. There are many others who have benefited, and I hope and I'm sure they feel the same. And I think as far as contributions go, you know, I think to the foundation, we need to make a point that it's not the volume or the extent of the contribution, but that every bit counts, whether you're a resident or just an upstart surgeon or an established person, anything that you can give. And with the current, uh, what the current leadership has demonstrated, that they can make our contributions work. I think if that message goes, there is no end to what the foundation can achieve. I, I, I thank you for actually saying what you both said. Thanks very much. Well said. And yes, please. I was just going to add, having listened to the to previous people who've been involved in the fellowships around the world and their, their delight in giving the stories of their experience and what they've learned and how important it's been in their life, there's no doubt that I feel supporting the foundation is invaluable. Uh, and I, I just wish I'd had that opportunity uh, to go and spend three months or six months in another country. Um, so um, keep up the good work. Vinny, I have a, a very specific question for the young group. The old group can always tell me what they think too, but let me just ask this question. Now, given these restrictions on face-to-face -face meetings and you know, uh, all the, the, the difficulties in conducting business, so to speak, as we used to, what would you, young generation, consider the way forward for the foundation? How, how are we going to translate what is essentially face-to-face -face and uh, the usual sort of routine normal to this new thing where there may be restrictions on movement or on face-to-face? -face? Now, I know they, some people don't believe there will be any restrictions in the long run. However, for the sake of argument, 
are we doing the right thing now and what else could be done? Juju. I found that we have a new adaptation because of the pandemic, but I must say that we should not put aside the point of joy because as a young trainee, as a young surgeon like us, we think that the best thing begins from the simple thing. Just like when we had the previous ICOMS before the pandemic, we were all excited to go to ICOMS or to join any events of IOMS because we want to have our, the blue cap. The blue cap is represent our symbol and personalized symbol uh, as a surgeon. So we're so delighted. So whenever the young surgeon wears the blue cap, they work harder, they write harder. And that motivates them to, to join the ICOMS. And I must say that they could witness how I experience the clinical experience that I found from IOMS, from the young surgeon until I get my fellowship last time. And I think we should not put aside the essential of the joy in the face-to-face -face meeting or online meeting. And we should make like a, I wish anyone can just contri contribute with a very relaxing way. So it's not just only webinar, but uh, it's like a communication when we can just talk to the senior surgeon and we can ask to the senior surgeon and we can share all the problems and all the clinical experience that, that we really want to have it while the real icons we have. That's great. Thank you. Andrew? Yes, I mean, I... I think obviously this is a challenging time. And I think particularly for an organization like, like ours, where that face-to-face -face component, I agree, really is so critical. And I'm uh, certainly forever hopeful that uh, relatively soon we will return to normal and be able to resume all of the, the things that we've done. I do have to say that my experience, and I know it's it's always difficult because I think everyone's had to adapt to this lifestyle of of doing so many things over Zoom and and uh, and these virtual conferences and whatnot, but I have been very impressed with what I've seen so far. I mean, I I uh, was part of the the Alicebu conference recently, and I think we had somewhere at least during the portions that that I was involved. You know, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people, um, and and not just involved in the sense of being logged on, but people from all over the world asking questions, participating, you know, giving their presentations. So it's still, I have to say, one of the things that that really stands out about this group and the IOMS in, in particular is that there's still, even in the virtual setting, so often that sense of, of community and participation that even with things where with people who are within, you know, your local community, where I've done various meetings and conferences where it just, it, it doesn't have that same level of, of engagement. So um, I, I've been very impressed at, at the IOMS's ability to continue to create that engaging environment uh, in spite of the fact that we're missing really that, that, that critical component of having that face-to-face -face, uh, networking and, and all that that's involved with it. That's great. Thank you. To Burton, can I hand over back to you? Yes, I, I thank um, both of our younger surgeons for that. I think that you make some 
real important points in the fact of the, the engagement. And one of my things in watching the international over, particularly the last year, but really even dating back uh, to the uh, the last meetings uh, and again in Rio, is the whole next-gen component of that it has been a great, great investment. And I think that when we look at the, the investment in the foundation, we have to look at the investments that the foundation makes in our specialty. And during these times, some of these may not be our preferred channel of communication, but I think that we're making a down payment and an investment in the future. We all hope things will go back to some uh, some form of educational forms that we maybe enjoy more. But again, I think that we're doing the best that we can, and I think we're doing a pretty good job doing that. And I think that the, the association and the foundation really should be commended for what it's able to, to achieve now. And I think that, again, you know, supporting things, we, we like to be able to support something where you can sort of see uh, you, this donation producing this. But in reality, you're, you're, you're investing in the future. And sometimes you don't see concrete things right in front of you at that moment. But again, you have to look at the direction. And I think the direction has always been positive, and I think it is continuing to be positive at this time. Yes, and I'd like to thank all of you for your participation, and I think this has been an excellent section, and we look forward to seeing you in the near future. Thank you once again for listening to our celebratory podcast series, The IOMS Foundation, 25 Years and Beyond. We are grateful to all those who volunteer their time to participate in this series and for their continued support of the IOMS Foundation. I would also like to extend our appreciation to our corporate and foundation partners, KLS Martin Group, the Osteoscience Foundation, and the OMS Foundation for their ongoing support, as well as our regional supporters, the Australian New Zealand Association of OMS, Alicebu, the Latin American Association of OMS, the Japanese Society of OMS, the Austrian Association, the Asian Association, the American Association, the Canadian Association, and the Taiwanese Associations of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgeons. To learn more about the IMS Foundation's programs and opportunities, or to make a gift to the foundation, visit www.iomsfoundation.org. We look forward to connecting with you soon.